Welcome to The Good Lawyer. This is a 2022 copyrighted podcast of the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia, where we discuss what makes a good lawyer. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Good Lawyer. This is YLD President Ron Daniels and welcome to our bonus episode. We're very excited to have Mr. Ivy Cadle, who is the now treasurer of the State Bar of Georgia. Ivy, welcome to The Good Lawyer. Welcome to our bonus episode and Tell us about yourself. Who is Ivy Cadle? Hey, Ron. First, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be featured on the podcast on this bonus episode. I am a lawyer. I practice law, the law firm of Baker Donaldson, and I do a lot of real property litigation. I have a lot of trial experience in eminent domain and condemnation law. And my father has been practicing real property law in excess of 45 years. And so I've always kind of been around real property law, and I think it's fascinating. And it's it's an interesting concept in our society that has been expressed in our laws. And I get to litigate and sometimes do some more transactional work and enjoy this area of the law. And I will dabble in some other things, but uh, mostly that's what I do. I live in Macon, Georgia, and I practice across the state and have a lot of fun adversaries and friends and and people that I get to connect with and work with and work against. And it's just a good time overall. Well, and you started talking about your dad and, you know, we've had a lot of guests on the podcast in the, the traditional episode format where we've talked about what makes a good lawyer. And a common thing we've heard from our guests has been mentors and the value of mentors and how mentors have impacted their practice. And that's Sort of what I wanted to talk to you about, because you and I have a a special relationship. You are one of my mentors, but you grew up in a house with a father who practiced law that surely has to have been a mentor to you in some capacity. You have mentors in the Macon area and your practice area and your firm, I'm sure that you've had over the years, but you've also mentored younger lawyers and new lawyers. And so what I wanted to ask you about is, how has all those experiences affected you in arriving as what makes a good lawyer, having all those different relationships, mentors and mentees? You know, it's interesting you ask that. I feel like a lot of my life has been mentored by committee. Um, my father's obviously been a very strong influence. When I think about my law practice, I, w- I was interested in medicine early on. And I worked with a general surgeon that was back in the 90s when the strictures around professional medicine weren't so hard. And I was actually EMT. But um, this particular particular surgeon that I worked with, he had a motto and he says, just do the right thing. I've been very fortunate to have been surrounded and I'm grateful for it by people who I feel like just had a good compass about how to be grateful, how to treat people well what it was like to have healthy relationships and boundaries and to figure out what our, where do we agree and where do we disagree? And, you know, I count mentors as people who don't do that well. You can sometimes learn more about how you want to govern yourself from an experience where you walk away and say, man, I I hope that really never happens to me again. And so I've had a an interesting life experience where if I started to try and name mentors and I was thinking about concentric circles, I would leave somebody out after I get much past my father. But I've got so many 
people who've, who've spoken into me and helped me understand how to practice law and what it's like to, to do right and to be fair to my clients and be fair to my law partners and to work hard that it's, I think you, if you see it on TikTok, they're called core memories. And so I've got some memories that are just kind of seared in from different life experiences or different people who, who taught me different life lessons along the way. And it, I mean, it goes all the way back from working on the ambulance and dealing with people just literally off the street uh, to dealing with people who'd been in emergency services for in excess of 20 years and constantly dealing with the public and dealing with people and, and truly, literally their worst moment to interacting with business people around the small town that I grew up to, to having, you know, some some elderly lady walk up to me in the Walmart when we finally got one and say, you're Jerry's boy, aren't you? And I, I knew there was nowhere to hide. And and so it's it's been an interesting experience for me. And, and then practicing all over the state, I don't have as many frequent flyers as I think some, some other practices do, you know, the people you always run into. I got some, but it's not, it's not an extensive list. It's just, I'm very fortunate to have had a lot of great experiences and to be able to reflect on those experiences and take something from them and to have people who, if I go to somebody, there's a Mercer Law grad I'm thinking of right now who is general counsel at a large national company. And I just kind of adopted him through the Mercer experience and said, hey, you know, you, you make 20 or 30 minutes to get on a Zoom call or to have a, a phone call pre-COVID. And then that, of course, morphed into Zoom calls and has, you know, been very influential to talk to somebody who hires lawyers, who manages people who hire lawyers to figure out how do I serve my clients? And and I know I'm doing my best, but what does my client see? Because we all know that we could, we all, if you're self-critical, you, you're always thinking of some way that you could have done better or how am I going to do this better next time? So, and then people like you, it's been really fun to see. I've got people who I consider to be my mentees, but I mean, honestly, I learn as much from them as I do from, from anybody else. Like, uh, you were in my first accounting for lawyers class at Mercer, and here we are on the executive committee of the state bar together. You really, you really couldn't even make that up if you tried. And so that's that's pretty cool. And I just I look at a lot of serendipity in my life, and I think, man, I couldn't have if I'd have tried to write a script for this, it wouldn't have been as good as what I'm actually doing. Is there a particular moment that you recall in in your practice? Or, or just since, since you joined the bar, uh, where you you were able to say, you know, this is really a defining core memory, let's call it, of what is a good lawyer. Is there there's some exemplar that you can think of of you know you, you saw somebody else in action, you you saw some somebody dealing with a really tough problem. Yeah, I it, I always think that people sound smarter than I do when you listen to them. So anytime you you go to court, or I mean, heck, the current president of the, of the Making Bar Association's name's Kevin Hicks. And I'm every time I go to a Making Bar Association meeting, I'm always impressed with how well Kevin runs the meeting or uh, how well his voice carries through the room. And so I'm constantly trying to pick up some little trick, you know, where I see how somebody organizes 
something. And a lot of my memories, a lot of the things that really stick with me, I had some really awesome uh, trial practice mentors who were actually in law school. And so Mercer had just a really amazing elective program. And so Daryl Dantzler, who recently passed away, was just a, a literal force to be reckoned with. And I can still hear her voice in the back of my mind in advanced evidence class. Um, not quite asking me why I was stupid, but coming pretty close to it, bless her. Um, and, but just, you know, but doing it in a way that you knew that she was trying to sharpen you. Uh, Manly Brown is another one that comes to mind in his trial notebook. I, I mean, once you kind of learn that, you, you, you're both a blessing and a curse. You're stuck with it. I can still hear Manly up there teaching you how to qualify an expert or how to tender a witness or, or whatever we were doing. I And the other one was Pete Peterman. I took his, he was an assistant U.S. attorney here in Macon, and I, I can still remember his voice in the back of my head. Um, Linda Jellum was another one who remains a, a dear friend to this day. Uh, she has moved out West and is not teaching at Mercer. And I took the statutory interpretation class, which I just was like, I don't, I want to, I want to go, I want to go fight trials. I don't want to interpret a bunch of statutes. And again, I learned that, you know, maybe I wouldn't, I didn't see quite as clearly as I thought I did and found myself, um, uh, using the tools that she provided us uh, very commonly and uh, keeping in touch with her. And then she provided me the opportunity to teach at Mercer Law and help help really be a proponent of the class and the curriculum that I came up with that you suffered through or enjoyed, uh, depending on the day. And I prefer beta tested. <laughs> you did absolutely beta test it. I, was, I, mean, I was I was messaging with one of one of your fellow students of the day who I who wound up making the highest grade in the class and was begging me that day to make it pass fail. Like the day before the final, I was like, "You'll be all right." And so you know, it's very fun if you can be in touch with the people who get put in your path, and there's an opportunity to learn from nearly everybody. One of the hardest parts of law practice, I think, is to put yourself in the other person's shoes and truly kind of take your lawyer hat off and have empathy for somebody and to help them. And I feel like mentoring is a lot of that. If you want to mentor somebody, you you can take the, I think a, a lot of people, a lot of young people think that if I call on this person, they're a big deal and they're important and they've got a hundred things going on. And they they don't have time for me. And I think if if anybody listening to this takes one thing away from it, I think it works both ways. So it might be two things. But one thing is if I, and I was listening to podcast, if you can help somebody in five minutes, like somebody asks you to do something and you can drop what you're doing for five minutes or less and help them do it. it it's five minutes. You'll be fine. Uh, they're only 24 hours in a day, but you can take five minutes and help somebody who's come to you and ask for help, who's, who's gathered up the courage, right, to come and ask for help. So you can respond and be kind. And, and maybe sometimes you can't help them, but you can tell them, I can't help you, but I can send you over here or, you know, but respond. I think that's just very meaningful. And the other thing is if you're, a, if you are, you know, in the, the position, not in the position of power, so to speak, um, be bold and, and ask and say, hey, 
you know, can you help me and follow up and thank people. And you will form relationships that I think will last you a lifetime and will be probably the most rewarding part of your law practice, at least for me, uh, if you invest and, and you pay attention and you grow them. You said something there that I thought I was finished with questions for you, but you said something that sort of prompted me to, to ask one more, as it were. But a lot of people don't view the profession as this sort of a relationship building thing. I think a lot of people view it as a job or as you know, a career in a profession, but not sort of the to the the level I think you view it as a profession. Do, do you think your experiences have caused you to view it as more of a collegial profession uh, than just a business profession? I think it has to do with what I enjoy. And I think if I'm going to go, if I feel like I'm going to go dig a ditch every day and I'm just, just going to dig this ditch for the purpose of digging it as a metaphor, then at the end of the day, all I got is a ditch. But I think our law practice offers us an opportunity if we want it. And frankly, not all clients find it attractive. And, and that's okay. I'm, I may not be for you. But I think the practice of law is difficult enough. I never thought when I was in law school that, I mean, surely to God, you could respond or do whatever you need to do in 30 days. And now over 15 years later, I'm like, good God, where did the month of December go? Right. And so, you know, it's about to be 2023 and COVID was almost two years ago, at least it started. And, and it just, man, it just goes by fast. And so, if, if you want to be a gladiator and you enjoy just going and beating up on people, that's fine. I just don't, I don't have the personality that I find it all that entertaining or enriching in my personal life. And so I would prefer to solve puzzles and to draw boundaries and to work with people and say, you know, we can work together here, but our clients are not going to let us work together on this and that's okay. And we'll go argue it out. And that's what the adverse, the adversarial system is. I don't think you have to be adversaries and beat up on each other to be a great advocate for your client. And I, I, I always tell people the, the hell you give is the hell that you get. And I, I will credit Jerry Cadle for teaching me that because it, it, he has beat one thing into me is that if you, if you go and you try and strut around and show your stuff, you can guarantee that there will be some sort of reaction and you probably won't completely anticipate what that reaction is. And it will probably be incredibly inconvenient for you. So in, instead of fostering that, I feel like if you can cultivate relationships with people and hey, you're not going to get along with everybody, and that's fine. But if you can cultivate relationships with people and when you look down at your phone and you see your phone ringing, and your thought is, hey, that's Ron. I wonder what Ron's up to instead of, oh, good grief. I don't want to talk to this person today. Um, if I can have 15 moments where I look down at my phone, and I'm like, hey, what does this person want? How can I help them? That sounds like a lot better day to me than looking at my phone and, and not wanting to answer it because I got some aggravating SOB on the other line. Well, thank you, Ivy, for joining us for this bonus episode. I'm I'm very glad that uh, when you look down at your phone and see a message from me, that it's it's one of those moments where you want to engage and, and absolutely. Respond. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm equally glad that, um, I, I don't even remember exactly how many years it would have been at this point, I guess 11 or, or, or so years ago that my, my good friend, Ryan English conned me into taking accounting for lawyers, uh, with a new professor at Mercer law school. It was uh, 2010, we, almost over 12 years ago. It was 12 years ago. Well, yeah. we would have been, we would have been signing up for those classes in spring of 2010. So that would yeah. have. Yeah, that would have been over 12 years ago. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm thankful for Ryan, but I'm also thankful that you you've been a mentor to me and I continue to be one. And we appreciate your time and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you also for listening, no matter where you're listening from, if it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts or some other service, please like, subscribe, rate and follow the podcast. If you have any thoughts or feedback, please send it in. This podcast was created by the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia. It was produced, recorded, and edited by Jamie Goss. Special thanks to Ron Daniels and D. Sarah Young. Follow the YLD on social media at Georgia YLD. Call in with questions on the podcast at 404-526-8607.